about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, well, I got a download this morning. We're just going to fly with that, and uh, we'll get back on the anointing probably next week, but uh, just some things I have to deposit in you as a body today and to help your way of thinking get simplified. Say simplified. simplified. All right, take your Bibles this morning. Are you ready, Patrick? Are you ready to roll? All right, take your Bibles. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. With everything that's going on in the world right now and everything that has gone on and even in our own lives here, sometimes things spiritually get a little complicated for us. You know, we've been through before the election, we've been through the election, we're still in the election. We had the pandemic for the last year, we're still in the pandemic, with pandemic still around, we've had the prophets declaring, we had the prophets not declaring, we've had all this stuff going on. I'd just like to simplify this morning your life, say your life. What I'd really like to do this morning is talk about something that's very important to God. And what that is, is you. Whether you believe it or not, you are very important to God. Hallelujah. Thank you for your overwhelming excitement this morning. I can just barely contain myself right now at this point. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 1, did we find that? All right, look at verse 8. It says, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me a prisoner, but be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us, he has called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given in Christ Jesus before the world, what? Began. Now notice, this is talking about you. Say, this is talking about me. How many of you did he save? How many of you did he call with a holy calling? How many know it wasn't according to your works? Thank God. It was according to his own purpose. Now, this tells me that everyone here and everyone born of the kingdom of God and everyone who's not born of the kingdom of God has a purpose. You have a godly purpose. But the most exciting thing here that what really threw me off was the end of that, which says, which was given in Christ Jesus when? Before the world began. Now, how many know that's a long time ago? Nobody was alive back then when that happened. Were they in here that could testify? No. All right, notice what happened. God had a purpose for me, God had a purpose for you, God had a purpose for everyone in here, and that purpose was already ordained way back before the earth was even brought into existence. It's not something that you just get here and say, now what's God want me to do? God wanted you to do a long time ago. Are you following me? He had a purpose that he knew in the year 2021 was going to be, something was going to have to be done then. So he looked way back before you were even birthed and born, and he said, I need someone to fulfill that purpose in the year 2021, and that person is this person right here, so I'm going to birth them into the year so they're there in the year 2021 so they can fulfill the purpose for which I gave them to be there in that time. So notice, my purpose was a long time ago. It was already set in motion. God was there. God already had a purpose. He had something to do. People say, do you think God has a purpose for me? Since the beginning of time. Yes, he does. The only problem why you're asking that is you don't understand that you have a purpose. Before you were born, there was a purpose for you. Before you were created, there was a purpose for you. Before anything else happened here on earth, there was a purpose for you. Now, one of my favorite sayings is the greatest tragedy in life is not death, although everybody thinks it is. 
The greatest tragedy in life is not death, but living your life without your purpose. People say all the time, there's a new pill you can take. You can do this so you live longer. What's the point in living longer if you don't even know why you're living? Give me an extra 10 years. For what? You haven't done anything in the first 70. Come on now. For what? Give me 15 more years. For what? But if you know your purpose, you could actually complete your purpose, die at 40, and be the happiest person in the world. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you. Glory to God. And how many of you know in the year 2020 you had a purpose? Now, there are a lot of distractions in 2020, wasn't there? But you had a purpose in 2020. Whether you did that purpose, found out that purpose, or did it or not, 2020 is gone. But the good thing is it's 2021 now. And there's a new purpose for you this year. There's a new purpose for you to carry out this year. Your purpose doesn't get you there in one year. It is a growing step-by-step thing as you walk into your purpose on a yearly basis, seeking what God wants you to do to get to that place that God wants you to get to. Are you following me? So the good news is, and it doesn't matter what age you are, there's something for you to do in 2021. I don't care if you're 140 years old. This year, there's something for you to do. God has a purpose for you right here. And last year, everybody said it was such a bad year. It was a terrible year, blah, blah, blah. And in a lot of ways, it was. But when you think back, I mean, we finally went on Facebook. We've got people out there seeing us now who never saw us before. We got more likes on our internet than we've ever gotten, and we're getting more every single day. That was all by accident, say by accident. I mean, the book came out, praise God. We changed the seating in here. Man, we moved it all around. So a lot of things have changed. Praise God. We've got a church more on fire. We've got a church that worship and praises more. We've got a, all in the last year. What was that? I think that was part of our purpose of growing up as disciples for God so that we can disciple others. All at once, Luann started the Zoom, I guess a Zoom ministry. Is that what it's called? But something like where she starts ministering to a few women. Pretty soon there's more women and there's more men. What are we doing? We're spreading the kingdom of God. How many know that's the purpose that needs to be done? And we can see branches now starting to shoot out. Why? Because people are finding their purpose, stepping into their purpose. And whenever you do that, it causes other people to find their purpose and to step into their purpose. Now, notice what it says here. Not only does he give you a purpose, he gives you the grace. Say the grace. Oh, my God. If that wasn't in there, we'd all be in trouble. (laughs) Wouldn't we? I got a purpose, but I can't do it. But you don't have to do it because God gave you the ability supernaturally to do what he's called you to do. So whatever you're called to do when you find out that purpose, just remember it's not you. If you're going to look in your natural ability, you're going to be depressed your whole purpose. So what do I need to do? I need to find he's giving me the grace to do it. He's giving me the ability to do it. He's giving you the money. Come on, that's part of the grace. You can't run any kind of ministry when you're broke. No, the money's already been provided. When did he provide it? Way back when he had your purpose. Way back before you were even created, he's already supplied all this stuff for you. The problem is because we don't see it now, we won't believe it that's been supplied for us. So by our non-faith, we cut off what he's trying to get into our lives. The Bible says that it's his pleasure to give the entire kingdom. Why won't God bless me? Why won't you get in line with him? Believe what he's already done for you and start walking in what he did for you. So you've got a purpose. Say, I have a purpose. purpose. All right, go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, are you there? Look at verse 16. Talking about Jesus Christ, for by him were all things created. 
that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, how many things? All things were created by Him. Now, that's not deep revelation, is it? All things were created by Him. Wow, I just, no, I already know that. All things are created by Him. But look at the last two words there. And by Him. Say, by Him. So not only were you created by Him, but you were also created for Him. Say, for Him. That means He created you not for you, not for your plans, not for your purposes, not for you what you think you're supposed to be doing. He created you for His purpose. And when you step into knowing His purpose, you're going to step into finances, you're going to step into peace, you're going to step into joy, you're going to step into fulfillment. But as long as you try to do your own thing, you're going to be depressed one day, joyous the next day, up and down, all around, who knows, emotional-wise, going crazy, going this way. But once you step into what He did, notice not only not only by you, but also created for him. Say for him. Say, I was created created. for him. him. Now, why did he create you? Because he had a purpose for you back before the foundation of the So at that time, he's looking around saying, man, I need somebody in that time. And he picked you out of the crowd even before you were created. And at once, here you are to fulfill the purposes there. How many know it's important for anything that's produced or created to be a success? How would you like to create a washing machine and get it out there and it doesn't wash clothes? I mean, no, that's not going to be good, is it? So it needs to be successful. Why? Because your name's on it. I mean, I drive a Toyota car. If my Toyota car, I buy a brand new one and it doesn't work, how many of you know I'll contact Toyota and Toyota will take my car back? They'll take my car back. They'll check my car out. If they can't fix it, they'll give me a brand new one. They'll send me one. They'll send me an apology. They may even send me some money. They don't even know me. Why are they doing that? Because of their reputation and their namesake. They don't want it tarnished. So they'll do whatever they can in order to do that. Well, you are God's created image. See, if we're going to live poor, down and out, and not fulfill anything, then we're a bad mark. Come on, on his creation. That's why he wants you to succeed. He needs you to succeed. Every time you succeed, he succeeds. Because he's the one who created. I mean, and the Bible says you're in his image and likeness. You know, when I turn on my Apple phone, first thing that comes up is an apple with a bite out of it. What is that? That's the image of the Apple that made the phone, the Apple company, and they put their image on it. Well, God created you in his... My God, in his image and in his likeness. You got God's image on you. And we can sing, I am righteous, I am holy, and people go, oh my God. No, you are. You're in the image and likeness. You are righteous, you are holy, you are powerful, you are filled with the power of God, you are filled with the anointing of God. You are important to God, praise God. And everything that's created, God just in one day decided to create well, I'm a creator. Let's see. Ah, make a bush. Ah, make some water over here. No, everything that's created, if you check it out, has a purpose. Every single thing. I mean, there's hair in my ears. And I'm sure there's hair in your ears. Why was it put in there? It's a protective thing that God gave you that he knew that you'd need, and he put it in your ears. Bumblebees fly around, and they got hair on the back of their legs. Why did he do that? So they can get pollen off certain flowers, take it to other flowers. Every single thing that God created has a purpose. The only problem is some of them by instinct no purpose, but most people don't take time to find their purpose. Therefore, they're floating through life like a bumblebee with no hairy legs. Come on, you know what I mean? 
They're going around, can't understand, depressed, not know what's going on, not know what they're supposed to do, not know what's happening to everybody. Notice you were created and there's a purpose there for you to find and nobody wants you to find that purpose that God put you here for more than God wants to put you here for because that's it. Because he wants you to succeed. Say succeed. succeed. All right, now we got to back up. What's success? Is success having three mansions? Is success having trillions of dollars in the bank? Is success being on TV or the large people of 4,000 people ministering on television? Is that what success is? No, that's not what success is. Because one day you're going to leave here, and my Bible tells me you can't take any of that stuff with you. You can buy all the U-Hauls you want right now, but they're staying here when you go, praise God. None of that stuff goes to you. So success in God's sight is basically to fulfill the purpose that he designated you for before the earth was even born and brought you into the earth to fulfill it. Are you following me? So success is finding my purpose and doing what God has purposed me to do. And as long as I'm doing that, it don't matter if I have two cents when I die. It don't matter if I'm living on the street when I die. As long as I fulfill my time here and fulfill my purpose, everything's going to be wonderful. And that is success. You know what the greatest failure is? To be successful in the wrong thing. And I'll tell you, in the world, looks, people look successful, don't they? You look, oh, look at this person, look at this NBA player, look at, oh, they're so successful. But the question is, are they? Because there's going to come a day coming when we're going to find out if they succeeded in what they were supposed to succeed in or succeeded in the world's way and didn't do what they were created to do at all, praise God. So there's something God wants to succeed. Say, God wants me to succeed. Okay, go to Isaiah chapter 46. Can't ignore the Old Testament today. Isaiah 46. Look at verse 9. It says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God. There is none else. I am God, and there is no one like me. Hallelujah. Verse 10, Declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do it all, for my pleasure. Now, this is interesting. First of all, how many know that God is God and there's definitely nobody like God? There's no question about that. But notice what he says. I am God. There is none like me. Well, why is that God? Notice what he does. He declares the end from the beginning. In other words, he don't look at the beginning and hope to get to a good end. He already knows the end. Now he's just got to have somebody do the beginning so they end up at the end. Are you following me? He knows the end from the beginning. He knew the end of you before you even were you. Yes. He knew what you were supposed to do. He knew what you were going to do. And he declared that that's what was going to happen in your life. He declared that's what you were for. So what was he doing? He was declaring the end from the beginning, way before the beginning even began, before the earth was even founded. Are you following me? Yes. You still have a purpose. All right, go to Isaiah chapter 40. I think it's 44. If it's not, we'll go someplace else. Isaiah 44, a little bit back, look at verse 24. Thus says the Lord thy Redeemer, he that formed thee in the womb, I am the Lord that makes all things, that stretches forth heavens alone and spreads abroad the earth by myself. Notice again verse 24. Thus says the Lord thy Redeemer, he that formed you in the womb. Now, who do you think formed you in the womb? Now, I mean, you could take that one scripture and figure out that abortion's no good because if it's God forming something in the womb, why would you kill somebody in the womb to... Glory to God, it doesn't take too much sense. 
you know, to figure that out. Oh, now notice. So he was the one forming you in his womb. So what did God do? Way back before the foundations of the world, he could see, because there's no time in God, he could see 2020, he could see 2015, he could see 2021, he could see 2030, and he knew what he was going to need to help extend his kingdom, and he needed you at that time. Are you following me? So what did he do? Basically, when you got in the womb, he started forming you for what? Your purpose. You know exactly what your purpose was going to be. He's putting in you the gifts that you need. He's putting in everything that you need on the inside, the personality that you need, everything you need to fulfill your purpose when you're born again. Are you following me? Oh, now, now notice, back when my mom and dad, no matter where they were or what they did, whether they were in the back of the car, whether they were in the barn, or whether they were in the bedroom, my dad released 500 million sperm cells into my mother. And at that time, they all hustled to get to the egg. You know, that's the way it works. And there was a fight. And some of them got killed on the way. Some of them got tired. Some of them didn't. But out of those 500 million sperm cells, I made it. <laughs> Come on. How can you not classify yourself a winner? People say, I'm one in a million. No, you're one in 500 million, for God's sakes. You're the one that made it. And what was God doing? God was, knew exactly what he needed. So when it happened that day, they thought they were all by themselves. They weren't. He was there, and he goes, let's see, that one. I want that one right there. And that one was me. And I was a trucking baby. I was fighting to get there. I was going to get there, praise God. Why? There's a purpose in 2021 and 2015, and I've got to get to that purpose. And I'm going to get to that egg, baby. I'm going to swim in there just as fast as I can go, praise God. And all at once I made the connection, bang, there it was. And what happened? I was conceived at that time, praise God. Why? Because God needed me. And the same thing happened to you. Come on, why? Because God needs you right now. The election, fine. Uh, Pandemic, fine. All this other stuff, fine. But the main thing you need to be concerned with is your own purpose of why you're here to begin with and what God puts you here to do. And no pandemic can stop you from doing it. No election can stop you from doing it. Nobody else can stop you from doing it. Although people will try. We don't think you're called to start a church. Too bad. I started it anyway. You're cursed because you started in Port St. Lucie rather than Stewart. I don't take curses. I'm starting it where God told me to start it. See, there's going to be plenty of opportunities for you to stop, plenty of opportunities for you to quit, but praise God, hallelujah, I made it all the way through, and here we are. Look at, look, just look around. Each one of you made it. God Almighty. And each one of you basically has something that God needs done right now in this day and in this hour. Isn't that neat? So what do I want to do? I need to find out what my purpose is so that I can start heading towards that purpose and doing that purpose, praise God. Are you following? All right, just go to 1 Peter chapter 1. Talk to people about this stuff, and they think you're out there in an ozone layer someplace, but it makes sense. When you study, study the life of Jesus, how many know the life of Jesus is a good pattern for our lives? All right, 1 Peter chapter 1, look at verse 18. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times. How many know that God had a purpose 
for Jesus before the earth even was made. He already had a purpose. We know what his purpose was, wasn't it? It was come here, suffer and die on the cross, redeem mankind so mankind could step into their purpose and step into the kingdom of God. But notice, he had this before the foundation of the world. Jesus already had a purpose. Now, how many know Jesus had to walk out and walk out his purpose? It just wasn't going to happen. And I'll tell you what, there had to, you don't think there's temptations there. He would go to a mountain and have 5,000 people show up, mostly men, but women and children too. He couldn't go into the cities because he was so popular. What would keep him from doing a worldwide ministry, preaching the gospel till he was 60 with crowds of people coming around here? Come on now. Isn't that tempting? Glory to God. But that wasn't his purpose. So he had to step off of that, which looked like success, didn't it, to the world? That was his success. And he goes to the cross. How many people thought he was being successful when he was hung on the cross? See, but he knew what his purpose was. He went in the garden. He solidified his purpose. He was going to die for mankind. It didn't matter how big the crowds were, how many people were coming, how it looked in the natural, what anybody cared about, and he finished it. But notice, even Jesus was foreordained before the foundation of the world for a purpose that when he was born into the world, he would fulfill that purpose, praise God. Hallelujah. So now the main thing is we need to know how to fulfill that purpose, don't we? All right, go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, look at verse 33. You should know it by heart. Your book should just fall open over to it, praise God. But seek ye first, but seek ye first, make sure you seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Now notice, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now notice, it doesn't say the king, it says the kingdom of God. Because once you find the king, he is the way into the kingdom, the truth in the kingdom, and the life in the kingdom. So once you enter the kingdom of God by seeking the kingdom of God and get born again, then you must also seek his righteousness. Say righteousness. Now, you've you got to get out of religious mindset because basically Christianity is just a government it's a form of government. That's what we're in. It's the kingdom of God. It's a governmental thing. So when I enter the kingdom of God, I want to live in the righteousness or right alignment with that kingdom. In other words, I got to know what the laws and rules of that kingdom are in order to live in that kingdom righteously and right alignment with that kingdom. Are you following me? So it's a governmental thing. So now I want to seek and I want to find out because how many know God's kingdom is different than the world's kingdom? Different than all the kingdoms, but I need to live in right standing with that kingdom. I need to live by the laws of that kingdom. I need to understand that kingdom so basically I can stand right standing with that kingdom. Many people get born again, never read even about the laws. How are you going to know how to live righteous in the kingdom? And the thing is, once you're born again, the laws and the, and the, and the stuff gets in your DNA. In other words, God puts it right and wrong. It's, it's right there. It's in your DNA. You know what's right. You know what's wrong. You may not confess it or believe it, but you do. And I'll, let, me, let me give you an example. You're driving down the road, and you're on here in US 1, and basically there's a green light, and you drive through a green light. How many know you just keep going down the road? You don't have any problem at all. Now, you go back where you were, you drive again, and that light turns yellow, but you're still about 15 feet from it. So you decide just speed up a little bit because I don't want to catch that thing on red. And you go through it and it turns red when you're going through it. How many of you look in the rearview mirror immediately? <laughs> See, nobody got to stop you and tell you you made a boo-boo. You know you made a boo-boo. So at once you're going, oh my God, anybody, oh my Lord, oh Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. 
See, it's built into our DNA. We know when we're doing things wrong. It affects our physical body even when we do things that we know are wrong. So once we, we start going through yellow lights, and then, well, what's, what's another couple seconds? Let's do the red lights, praise God. And when you get out, and notice, it doesn't matter if you're driving down US 1 and you think it's 70 mile an hour and you're going 70 and you get stopped and it's only 35. How many know the policeman pulls you over? I didn't know. I didn't know the law. I thought it was 70 mile an hour. How many know it's just, oh, don't worry about it. Forget it. We let everybody drive. I don't know what's going on. Don't worry about it. Just write it off, praise God. I'm sorry for even stopping you and bothering you today. Don't. No, no. Once you break the law, doesn't matter whether you knew you were breaking the law or not. You were breaking the law without even knowing it. But how many know the law judges people? See, everybody says, God's judging me. No, the law's judging you. You break the law, it judges you. I'll tell you right now, if you go to the highest building in Port St. Lucie and stand up there and you decide to jump, I don't care how much you say, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus, there is a law of gravity that's going to take you down and you're going to splat. You can use all the faith you want. I'm not falling, I'm not falling, I'm not falling, I'm not falling, I'm not. I fell. Why is it? Because there's natural law and there's spiritual law. So if I'm going to walk into my purpose, number one, I seek first the kingdom of God. I am now in the kingdom of God. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. I'm a son of the living God. But I must also now walk in righteousness or in the laws of that kingdom. And the more I walk in those laws, the more I take another step towards my purpose and another step towards my purpose and another step for my purpose because I'm, I'm growing in the things. Go to Joshua chapter 1. All right, Joshua chapter 1, are you there? Look at verse 8. This is your key scripture right here. Circle it, put lines on it, do something with it. Look at verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou may observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then, well, when's the then? After I've kept it in my mouth, I've studied it, I've observed how to do it, then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have... Now, notice God's really not in that verse. He's not the one making you prosperous and have good success. It's you doing what he told you to do with the law. Are you following me? So what do I want to do? When I get born again, I, there, that's why there's a hunger for the word the day you got born again. You don't know why you just started reading the Word of God. It didn't make any sense to you a lot of times, but you read the Word of God. And he asked everybody, where do I start? Where do I start? And you say, start someplace and read it. And you're reading the Word and you're seeing different stuff in here and it's starting to speak to you and it's starting to talk to you. Why is that? That's the laws, the Constitution God's trying to get in you, in your spirit, so you'll follow the law, so you'll follow the purpose and find the purpose that he put you here to do. Because if you fail, he's in trouble. You see, every person that fails through their purpose, God's got to either put someone else in that space or do something else to cover their lack of purpose fulfillment in what he wants to do because you are part of his big puzzle. Are you following me? So basically, what does he do? He gives you the directions on how to live a, a happy, healthy, wonderful, prosperous life. He says he gives you the law that's in here. So this is the manual. Say, this is the manual. Now, how many of you have ever ordered something? Recently, we ordered an air fryer. 
So we get an air fryer in the mail. It comes there, and I open the box, and on top is this little thing that says, uh, please read this all the way through from page 1 till page 25, and then you can use the thing. And, of course, like everyone else, I threw that right over there in the corner with the rest of the, with the, rest of the manuals I had, and I took that thing out of there, and I put it there, and there it was, praise God. And I thought, this, I don't think this thing works. Can't get it to work. I don't know what's the matter with the thing. Just don't seem to be working very well. Why? Because I didn't take the time to read the manual. Come on now. Christians don't want to read the manual. They want to take the Bible, throw it over in the corner, and let everybody else tell them how they're supposed to be living, how they're not supposed to be living, what they're supposed to be doing, what's going on. No, you need to read the manual, first of all. And the manual will tell you. If you just got a new iron, do not operate near the bathtub. Because if thou fallest in, you're going to have a problem, praise God. No, you can either obey that law, not even read about that law, and iron in the bathtub if you want to, because you don't know anything, you see, because you did not understand the law to begin with. Well, God gave us this law so that we would study this law, we would live by this law, and things that are life. So when I got born again, and I knew I had a purpose, and I was seeking God, the first thing I had to do in my life was stop drinking three cases of beer a day. Why is that? Because it was going to kill my liver somewhere along the line, and I probably wasn't going to get to my destiny if I died at 29. Are you following me? Same thing. People smoke. Smoking, and I'm not putting you, I'm not condemning you, but I'm telling you how how many know that smoking's proved to hurt your lungs, to get things in there. What is that? Well, if you're going to smoke five packs of cigarettes a day, see, the law will predict where you're going to be in the future. There's no real mystery to it. If you sit around eating Twinkies all day, watching TV, let me tell you where you're going. Fatville. (laughs) Come on, is that supernatural wisdom and knowledge that just hit me right now? No! It's common sense. If you're going to do that, the law will judge you, and that's where you're going to end up, praise God. That's all there is to it. My gosh, it's not difficult. So it's the same way. Now let's talk about spiritual things. If you're going to be a worrywart your whole life, if you're going to walk in unforgiveness, come on. That unforgiveness messes you up. Don't mess anybody else up. You really think you're, you're, you're really getting into somebody else. No, you're getting into yourself, praise God, because that's a law, and now you're not in righteousness, and you're not, you won't even, you'll be so, so consumed with the hurt on that person and the man, like an offense against that person, that you won't even be able to t- find out where to go next in your walk. So these things got to be corrected, don't they? The Bible says in Proverbs, if you walk in envy, your bones will rot. I didn't put that in there. He put that in there. What am I doing? You're breaking the laws. And when you break the laws, something is going to happen. And everything deals with laws. Let's face it. A fish was born. It was given the ability to swim. A fish is supposed to swim. So it was given scales. It was given gills. And what does it do? It swims in order to be successful. How many know it doesn't matter how bad it wants to fly? Or a bird? A bird was given wings. It's not supposed to swim. That's the law. A bird has to stay in the air and fly. A fish has to stay in the water and has to swim. But Christians want to stay anywhere they want. It's awful quiet, don't it? Yeah, you won't ain't going to go anywhere. Well, it doesn't really matter. Oh, yes, it does. It matters if you break the law or if you don't break the law of God. And the laws weren't given there to constrain you. They were there to help you to prosper and get in the place God wants you to be. The laws are good things, what God tells you to do. They're a blessing to your life. He's showing you how. Who knows more than the guy that made you? And he says, walk in forgiveness and you'll live in peace. Stay out of offense and you'll live in joy. Stay in my word close to me and you'll walk in power. I mean, it's very simple is what he's, I don't want to do any of that stuff. He's just constraining me. No, it's not constraint. It's laws where he's trying to tell you what's best for you because he made you and he knows what's best for you. Yeah. See? 
If you're going to walk in unforgiveness, you might as well iron in the bathtub. <laughs> See? There's going to be a problem there. And sometimes we just don't think we have to obey the law. How many know there's laws that, that they're conditioned to your car? How many know you're going to need oil and you're going to need gas? And, and I'll tell you what, when that gas tank gets down to E and that light comes on, you may pray in the Holy Ghost the next two days and try to go anywhere you want across country, but sooner or later that light going to go off because your car going to go off. See? And that's, that's where we get sometimes. We don't want to take time to, to change our lives, let the Holy Ghost do it, study the law so we think that we can pray over the law. I'm a prayer. I'm a prayer. Are you a law keeper? Then you might as well quit praying because you ain't doing no good anyway. See, I can take a song. You know a seed needs ground and a seed needs water and a seed needs sun. I can take a seed today and I can set it on my concrete driveway at home and I can put it there and you know 10 years later that seed's going to be sitting right there on my concrete not going to be doing a thing. I can put it down there and say, come out in Jesus' name. And how many know 10 years from now? Still going to be a seed. Come on now. Don't matter how much time I did that, it ain't going to work because I did not obey the laws. And I put that thing in the ground, it gets a little bit of water, it's going to come right up. It's the same way with what we do. We need to learn to obey the laws that are here. We need to walk in love, even with our enemies. And we're not saying it's easy. See, these are all spiritual laws that belong to us. So just like your car. Well, I don't like the smell of gas. I'm putting orange juice in mine. Well, go ahead. If you think that's better, put it in there. But you ain't going to go very far, praise God, because it don't work that way. You see? And, and it's natural. Laws are natural. How many of you get in your car, fill it up the gas tank at, at the gas station, get back in the car, and pray in tongues that it works? No. You filled it up. You know the dang thing's going to run. You turn the key on, and it goes. You don't have to pray in tongues to get it to work. You obeyed the law for the thing, and the law is a natural thing that will happen. You don't have to jump off a building and pray to fall. You're going to fall. And the best thing about that is, is laws work anywhere. So if, if I'm in the ghetto and I jump off the roof, how I many know I'm going to splat? If I live in Beverly Hills and I jump off the roof, you know what's going to happen? That means wherever you're at, ghetto or Beverly Hills, you can change your life simply by obeying the laws where you're at. Don't tell me your background held you back. Don't tell me your family held you back. Don't give me this crap about mommy and daddy held you back. Wake up and obey the laws of God, and you will prosper in every single thing that you do. Praise God. If you don't follow the laws, it's not going to work for you. It doesn't work. So find out the laws. Do what they are. Make the changes that the Holy Ghost desires to make in your life. Here it says, keep that law in your mouth. You keep it in your heart, and you will observe to do. In other words, you'll start seeing how to do things God's way, how to talk, how to think, how, how to react in situations. All that is written therein, and you will make your way prosperous. Say prosperous. And once again, how many you know this makes God happy? God wants you to prosper. God wants you to have everything. Hallelujah. And God wants you to do it. You're on an assignment here on the earth. That assignment was way back before they even did anything, before the earth was even created. You already had a purpose and you had an assignment. <laughs> I'm going to go just a little bit further. I got one more chance to make you mad this morning, so I might as well do it. Now, notice. If God had an assignment for you a long time ago, he picked you out of the womb, he made sure you got where you were going to get, he's equipped you with everything, then don't be so, what do I, don't be so concerned about 
not wanting to take credit for what you do. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like if somebody comes up and they're sick and I lay hands on them and they get healed and they come back and give me a hug and say, thank you very much. You know, I needed that healing. You healed me. Don't say, I can't do that. I can't heal anybody. It's God who heals everybody. Well, God brought you here. He told his disciples. What did he tell them? He told them to preach the gospel, heal the sick, and raise the dead. He didn't say he was going to do it. He said, but now I can't take any credit for it, can it? Because that's what I'm supposed to be doing. That's what he created me to do. So for me to heal the sick is not, oh, I healed somebody. It's what you should be doing. Casting out devils is a natural thing for us to do because he told us to do it. So we're not taking credit for it, but we're doing it. It's like when I used to work in the post office. If somebody, my postmaster gave me a check and it needed to be delivered by somebody at 2 o'clock and it was express and gave it me to deliver there and I'd rush it over there and I'd get it there by 2 o'clock and they were so happy. They said, thank you for delivering the check. I didn't deliver it. The postmaster delivered it. No, he didn't. He gave me assignment and the ability to do what he told me to do. And I, and I wasn't saying, how great am I? I delivered it. I better deliver it or the postmaster going to fire me. Praise God for it's over with. So notice, it's not that, don't get in the place, you got to understand what God wants you to do. you got to understand your purpose for being here. you got to understand that he's not uh, uh, mad just because you healed somebody and he didn't get the chance. See, and sometimes we think that way. It's natural kingdom living. This is the way it works. How many of you ever asked him to pray in tongues? Here I am. Oh, I love it when you pray in tongues. Oh, it wasn't me. That was God. God prays in tongues. But, but then we get to healing, and we get to cast out devils, and we want to... Do you see what I mean? It's a natural thing. Praying in tongues is a natural thing. Is that you or God? Let me think. How about is God praying through you? Could that possibly be it? You've got to open your mouth to do it, see? So don't think... Think of what God tells you to do and equipped you to do as natural spiritual things to do. Then you won't do so much thinking in the middle of doing them. You see? So he's given us all something to do. Some of us he's given to teach. Some of us, and it doesn't matter. He's not telling everybody to start a worldwide ministry or pastor a church or do whatever, but you have your own little part. Do you know that? I mean, Mark and Sandy who aren't here today. Jim and Mitzi have been deeply in the helps ministry with us for years. How many know he picked them out before he picked me out? You understand? He's thinking, oh, well, I get finally get that Tom born. I'm he, I'm going to have to have some helpers, so I'm going to get Jim and Mitzi now, and I'm going to get those two now and get them born, and then 10 years later, here will come Tom along, and he'll have these helpers. See, God's got everything all figured out, you see. That, that's why it's for you not to get all upset in church, get mad, and jump from church to church to church to, to church, because you'll never find your purpose of what you're supposed to do, because you're getting mad at everybody in the world, and hurt people hurt people, so they don't want you in their church anyway, praise God, if you're coming there hurt. Come on now. Oh, it is like a cancer, praise God. No, find out where you fit in. Find out where you want to do it. Find out what you're supposed to do. Step out and do it. Help where you can help. Do what you're supposed to do. Start small. Continue to seek the Lord. Continue to go forward. Continue to obey the laws. That's what you've got to do in every single area of your life, and it will work, praise God. How many know tithing is a law? That's under the law. We don't do that anymore. Well, I don't care if it's under the law, not under the law, New Testament, Old Testament. Tithing has worketh for me. It's going to be hard to argue with somebody it worketh for. See? It works. What is it? If I tithe, then he'll open the windows of heaven, and he'll pour out a blessing upon me that I cannot contain, and he's going to rebuke the devourer off my finances. Probably means change your mind from being stupid with your money. Come on. What is it? Those are just spiritual laws. So I was so ignorant when I saw that stuff, I just decided to do it. It says tithe. I'm going to tithe. How come you're tithing? Because it says so. Well, that's stupid. You ain't got no money now. You're going to have less when you tithe. I can't help. That's what it says. 
See, it's just simply obeying the law of what's in here. Love your neighbor. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those. What are they? They're spiritual laws, and they're for your benefit. He wants you to stay clean. He wants you walking healthy. He wants you keeping going. Many, many people think that, you know, heal me, God, because I'm in pain. Heal me, God, because I hurt. Heal me, God. I'll tell you the main reason why God wants to heal you. Do you want to know? You want to know? Because he needs you healed. He needs you healed. Do you understand? He'll heal you for his sake. Not even for your sake. Because he needs you. Do you understand? He needs you to complete your purpose. So if you're going to die at 40, and he's got something planned out to you to do until you're 70, then he wants to heal you more than you want to be healed because his purpose is big. See, we're all looking at the little things rather than the big purpose of God. God knows the end from the beginning. Everything off here. I'm sure he's not on his throne right now with everything that's gone on, just a panicking. <laughs> no, he knows the end from the beginning. But you're a piece of the puzzle in 2021. Every month you go by and don't seek your purpose and don't do your purpose, you wasted another year. I wasted 30 years of my life doing absolutely nothing for the kingdom of God. As a matter of fact, I was pretty efficient in the kingdom of the devil. But see, it's time to step over. It's time to find your little purpose. It's time to find out what's going on. How do I do that? I seek the kingdom of God. I read the scriptures and I follow the laws that I see in there. God wants to change you every single day, your heart, the way you think, the way you do things. How many of you know nobody has arrived yet? And the more you read and the more you see it, the more you're going to understand on the inside. But you have a purpose. You are important to God this morning. You're just not another person who's just hanging out and nobody cares and no, no. Some of you have grown up and you've seen the purpose. Some of you have grown into more joy since you've been here. Somebody you pressed in, but I tell you, there's a purpose for you, praise God. And it's important to God, that purpose. It's important to you. It's important to the people around you. It's important that Luann started the Zoom. Look how many people it's doing. It's important we went on Facebook. Why? Because it's touching other people's lives. It's important that the book came out. Why? Because it's touching people's lives. Is it changing millions of people? No, but it's changing them one at a time. See, all these things are important. So just do what you're supposed to do. And I'll tell you what, there'll be joy and there'll be peace in it. And when God reveals it to you and you know that you're doing the right thing, it doesn't matter what lame brain comes along and tries to talk you out of it because they won't be able to do it anymore. And do sometimes things don't look like they're not going to work? Yes, they do. People get mad and leave. People do this. People do that. You just got to stay in your own race and in your own lane. That's the key. You got your own little race you're running. Every one of us running our own little race. Some of them are sprinting. Some of them are just jogging. Some of us are just walking. Don't make any difference. As long as you're in your lane, you're going further ahead. Praise God. So in 2021, you have a purpose. Say, I have a purpose. I have a purpose. Say, it was declared, it was declared. Before, the foundation of the world. before the foundation of the world. God handpicked me, God handpicked me to, do to do this purpose in this day, in this day and in this hour. In this Thank you, Holy Ghost, Thank you. for revealing to me the purpose for my life my wife's life, my family's life, my friend's life. Help me to help those find their purpose that have not found it yet. I choose to obey your laws, to obey your word, to seek your kingdom first, and I won't have to worry because all these things will simply be added to me and overtake me in Jesus' name. All right, praise God. Hallelujah. lack of knowledge, there is an area of uh, darkness. And so I'm here this morning to hopefully shed more light so that we can get rid of the darkness. Now, how many of you know that 
when you are reading your Bibles, whether it be the King James Version, the New International Version, the New King James Version, etc., 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 you are reading a version of the Bible that is an interpretation of the Bible, okay? Now, uh, some time ago, a version of the Bible came out called the New King James Version of the Bible. Now, copyright laws say that when you're copying, if you're copying a, a previous publication, you've got to do so under certain rules and regulations, certain laws, okay? And um, in an effort to um, accomplish that, when this particular version of the Bible um, was published, etc., um, there were certain words that needed to be changed. In other words, if the words were exactly the same or even close to being the same, there would be an infringement of copyright laws. And so, uh, when the King James uh, Bible um, was uh, published, uh, there were words that were changed in the Bible. I, I'm not going to go uh, into them in, in great detail, but in several instances in the King James Version, the word evil, evil is easy, easy enough to understand, but you'll find in the King James Bible it being translated as terrible, wild, disaster, tragedy, doom, trouble, and harm. Not evil, but all of these words. So it was necessary for the publishers of the Bible uh, to make certain changes so that they could publish this new version of the Bible. Now, you need to understand that when the New King James um, Bible was published, it was brought out or published by a man called Rupert Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch is the owner of a news corporation and its subsidiary, Harper Collins, who also was a publisher of the Satanic Bible. Uh, this man, if you go on Google and do a little search about him, you'll find out that um, he certainly is not a Christian, okay? And I'm just being kind there. But you'll see words in the New King James Bible that are very, very um, opposite as to the true meaning of it. The, King, the New King James, I'm sorry, the New King James omits the word Lord 66 times. It omits the word God 51 times. It omits the word heaven 50 times. It omits the word repent 44 times. It admits the, omits the word blood 23 times. It omits the word 
hell 22 times. It omits the word Jehovah entirely, the words New Testament entirely, damnation entirely, devils entirely. Are you getting this uh, this morning? Okay. Pray about it. Okay. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus, but I just believe that it's important to know the truth. There was a reason why the King James Bible originally was published. Yes, it's difficult to read sometimes. Yes, you have to kind of ask the Holy Ghost to give you guidance and direction in reading it to see what the true meaning is. But perhaps that's a time to do more study. That's a time to do more uh, research and not kind of take the easy way out. Okay? I love you. <laughs> you still love me? Oh, good. Bless the Lord. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, that uh, this is a place where truth goes forth. And Lord, you told us in your word that truth shall prevail. And we believe that. And we stand on your word because it is truth. And we thank you for the giver of truth, Abba himself, who sent his divine son, Yeshua, into the world, who is the truth. We thank you, Lord, my God, that there is no deception here, that there is no agenda here except that of the Holy Ghost. And, Father, I thank you for the people of God that are here today that walk in truth and walk in the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Now be with them this day and empower them from situation to situation that they may walk from glory to glory to glory in victory in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen and amen. the key.